God bless America. Boom. And welcome in again, everybody. And yes, God bless America. This is Red, White, and True Podcast, BTW Shorts. BT Dubs. That's right, BT Dubs. And, um... Forgive me, guys. Uh, my if my voice cracks or it's a bit weak here, it's because uh, I've I've been sick, uh, working from home, writing some automation on some different projects for work. But I um, I, it's not because of any lack of conviction in the issues that we're talking about or the things that we're talking about. Um, but I I, I think that it's critical that. We continue to put pot, uh, podcasts out, continue to put content out to try and help provide statistics and facts, clear up issues that are relevant to the midterm elections, which are coming up, which I, I really think are one of the most critical elections that we've had in American history from a midterm perspective. It's It really is an inflection point that tells us what direction Americans really want to go in. In in a day in which we live that's so divisive and and is so separated, everything is black or white. There's no gray area anymore. I think it's imperative to look at these things and understand that America really is about the gray areas. It's about having those discussions and coming to compromises. I also want to lay out the fact that when we give facts or statistics or make arguments on Red, White, and True podcast, those Statistical or factual arguments are usually based from data that's coming from government websites. So I really, really do the best that I can with my one-person fact-checking team to ensure that I'm providing content and data and statistics that are accurate, that accurately represent the situations that are going on in America as to provide some clarity into how we should or shouldn't feel, or how you personally want to feel about a situation based on whatever those facts or statistics are, whatever that data represents and how it represents an issue to allow you to come to an educated decision on on your own. Because not that I'm an educator, but I am providing some information to try and help make better informed decisions. And I, I, I want to clarify that And I want to say that because primarily the bulk of the data that I give on this podcast is from government websites. You're going to remember this the rest of your life. Okay, that might be a little far, but at least up into the midterms. But let's get into the podcast here. I got some quick hits here at the beginning um, that just talk about some relevant current issues that we've seen in the news cycle here recently. Um, I just had a wedding, so that's why I've had a few days off here, too. Unfortunately, I kind of fought illness through the wedding, but it was beautiful. It was amazing. I'm back. Here we go. And I want to remind you of how I feel about America and America's ability to solve issues and face problems. And that is embodied in a clip by yet again. Here we go again. President Clinton in this clip. Yet again, I wholeheartedly believe that. I I have to. In order for us to get out of this abyss that we're in right now, where systems are failing around us, institutions are political that aren't supposed to be political. In fact, they can't be political for us to continue forward as the representative democracy that we are. So yet again, this week, we have seen the FBI 
and the DOJ weaponized against conservatives. You're a huge embarrassing failure. So we've seen many instances in which the FBI is running SWAT raids ordered by the DOJ against pro-lifers that staged peaceful protests at abortion clinics, singing religious hymns, and blocking the entrance to these abortion clinics. They never got physical with anybody. There was never any type of violence or any type of violent engagements, but yet still the FBI and the DOJ running SWAT raids against these people. Right now, at this point in time, you're a lost cause. Look it up. It's probably going to be hard to find because nobody in the mainstream media wants to find it. And I know everybody has this feeling that Fox News is right-biased, but Fox News is right-leaning, okay? So look it up. This is happening. These people are being charged with crimes that would put them in jail for 11 years. Now, I want you to keep in mind that there are people in jail right now that burnt down cities, burnt down black-owned businesses in the summer of love, the 2020 summer during one of the 570 BLM riots that burnt down buildings. In some instances, burnt down buildings and killed people inside of those buildings that have jail sentences that are similar to the sentences that are for the crimes that they're having alleged against these people who staged peaceful protest singing church hymns at abortion clinics. That makes as much sense as two plus two equals fish. Also keep in mind that the over 70 vandalism, destruction of property, firebombing, violent threats against employees of health centers and churches, the FBI has done nothing and has made no impact and made no headway on solving any of those crimes. Do you have a soul? Even though those people were posting those crimes on social media, posting them on social media. Do you think we're stupid? And we've said this before, the most powerful, most well-informed, most technologically advanced federal law enforcement agency on the face of the planet can't find people who committed crimes that they put on social media. That is a joke. Wow, that's bad. It is bad. It's terrible because the United States of America cannot continue this way. You guys, we cannot continue with an executive branch of the government that continues to try to put people in prison who don't agree with the same things that they do while not even investigating others who commit crimes who do believe the same things that they do. And that is poopy. It's a bunch of crap. And that leads me directly into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which was some of the tactics and rhetoric being used by one particular side leading up to the midterms here. And I I, I just, I, I have to say that those tactics of the executive branch trying to imprison people that don't agree with them flies completely in the face of what America is supposed to be. The very first amendment, the founding fathers saw it so important that they made freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of religion so important. They held it in such high regard that they made it the absolute first amendment. Tell them like it is. 
I am telling it like it is. Every time I step in front of this microphone and I do all my research and pour my heart into this thing, trying to make a difference, some kind of a difference, to try to provide some facts and truth that the mainstream media refuses to give to us. But, like I said, there's some tactics being used in the midterms that have been a bit alarming. So we see a lot of the, a lot of the candidates on the left that don't want to debate. They have refused to debate. When in the past they have said that citizens deserve multiple debates before any votes can be turned in. But this isn't happening. And if you've watched any of the debates that have gone on, you've seen why. Because we have one side that is making personal attacks, spinning their own personal positions, and trying to demonize the other side for their personal lives or spinning positions that they have. And then you have the other side of these debates that is debating the issues, the things that are going on right now, the results that we have from the current policies. But another thing that we see is some new rhetoric from the left because ultra MAGA didn't work, fascism didn't work, any of this stuff, none of it has worked. None of this rhetoric has worked. So they have to move on to the next step. And what we're hearing more frequently now is a term called authoritarian or authoritarianism. That's nice. Yeah, except for it's actually not nice because here we are again with one side acting like children, name calling and saying a bunch of stuff that is a bunch of crap. Okay. And I thought that it would be imperative to talk about this here quickly. Yet again, when I hear two people trying to make an argument against each other and one side is resorting to slander and name calling and fear mongering and anything else but the facts. And you have the other side identifying the issues, identifying what their opponent's position was on those particular issues and how it's been detrimental to the result and to the betterment of Americans and making fact-based arguments based on cause and effect and results and solutions, okay? I can tell you which direction I'm going to lean. I'm almost always going to lean towards the person that's making fact-based arguments using data, statistics, cause and effect analysis, and identifying issues and providing solutions. But the other side that's not doing this, the left isn't doing this, they're simply using scare tactics. They're trying to scare you into votes. That's why they're using new terminology out there that they must have polled that sounded good. Words like authoritarian. Okay, this is a very scary word. And so I found it pertinent to define this word so that we could understand what it was and what the left is trying to say. So authoritarianism is defined as the enforcement or advocacy of strict obedience to authority at the expense of personal freedom or lack of concern for the wishes or opinions of others. What does this sound like? Does it sound like, hey, you don't agree with my position on abortion, so you're a domestic terrorist? Or, hey, you don't agree with teaching CRT and gender ideology to children in schools, so you're a domestic terrorist. You're getting FBI SWAT raided. Or maybe it is, hey, if you don't take my vaccine, you're fired. Or maybe it's, uh, if you don't want to social distance, you can't go out into public. And 
eat at this restaurant or go to the grocery store. Or maybe it's, hey, if you don't take my vaccine, you are going to be discharged from the military. If you don't agree with our ideology, you're going to be discharged from the military. Or maybe it's even this one, which is being attempted to be enforced in California, which is, hey, you've got new data on COVID that we don't agree with that reduces our risk to apply emergency authoritarian tactics against you? Well, that's going to be medical misinformation, and we're going to take your license away. Yeah, that's what they're attempting to do in California right now. Anybody who cites studies or statistics that does not agree with what California's particular stance is, Gavin Newsom, you are going to be declared a domestic terrorist for providing medical misinformation, and they are going to take doctors' licenses for providing factual information from studies. True. What a load of rubbish. It is a load of rubbish, and understand what they're doing. It is an act of projection. They are projecting themselves and the things that they are doing onto their opponents. And they are being protected by the mainstream media who refuses to do its job. Please do your job. I mean, guys, come on. This one is so blatantly obvious. They are lying to us. The people in power are lying to us straight to our faces about almost everything. They tell us that everything's great. When we know it's not, they tell us that the economy's awesome. We're not in a recession. When we know that we are, they tell us, well, inflation's not a real thing. It's pretty much just zero now. When we go to the grocery store and we go to buy anything and we see that it's not, they are lying to us. This one is smacking us in the face. We have to see the fundamental changes that are trying to be made to America because it is so, so scary. It is unbelievably scary, some of the things that are happening. You should be ashamed of yourself. And they should be ashamed of themselves for what they're doing and for what they've already done. So we talked in the last episode about how the Biden administration has released about 50% of the oil from our strategic petroleum reserves in an effort to try and keep gas prices down before the midterms. So essentially to trick us into thinking that their energy policy is working or their foreign energy policy is working to try and have that not be a factor in the midterms. Well, we know that the Biden administration went to Saudi Arabia on bended knee with the fist bump trying to beg Saudi Arabia to get OPEC to produce more oil. Well, OPEC did not do this because apparently that meeting wasn't very persuasive, or they didn't see it in their own interest. God forbid a country make decisions in its own interest. But I digress on that one. So OPEC recently comes out this week and says they are going to reduce their production by 2 million barrels a day. This is a huge, huge problem for the Biden administration because they have artificially kept gas prices down all this time from dumping most half of our strategic petroleum reserves onto the market, keeping oil costs low. But that has taken money out of the pockets of other countries 
whose primary export is oil, places like Saudi Arabia and the OPEC nations. So Saudi Arabia, OPEC, and the Russians all got together and decided they were going to reduce their production because they see limited demand, a reduce in demand coming. So they're going to reduce their supply to try and keep their profits high. This is a tremendous problem for the Biden administration who was trying to trick us going up to the midterms, keeping gas prices low by releasing our strategic petroleum reserves. Okay, but they did bad math. They didn't release enough out of the strategic petroleum reserves to get to the midterms. So this new development with Saudi Arabia is hugely problematic. So the Biden administration calls Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago when they find out that this reduction is going to happen, but they don't know what the number is yet. And they all but beg them to, hey, just just delay this, just delay this reduction for another month. Just can we get you to hold off on another month? Well, can anybody think of why they would want them to delay the reduction of oil production for a month? Can anybody can anybody think of why maybe that would be? That's a mystery. Oh, 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 that's right. So that they can keep the gas prices down before the midterms because they know that if gas goes up above $4 a gallon before the midterms, anything most people hear during this cycle, during the campaigns, is going to be, hey, gas prices are above $4 a gallon. Oh, yeah, but this is our position on abortion. Gas prices are above $4 a gallon. They understand that nobody is going to care because we can't afford to live with gas prices that high. Okay, so when the Biden administration gets this news from OPEC, when OPEC basically looks at them and tells them to go kick rocks because we're not doing you a political solid. That's what OPEC says. I paraphrased. But when that happens, the Biden administration starts to throw a fit because they panic, right? So they go to Saudi Arabia and they start threatening things like, oh, you know that $100 million weapons order that you placed and that's already been paid for? Yeah, we're not going to ship that to you. We're not shipping that to you because you didn't do what we wanted to. Well, guys, I, I hate to say this, but that's called quid pro quo, okay? Quid pro quo, meaning that they didn't do what you wanted them to do, so you withheld payment, goods, services from them because they didn't do what you wanted them to do. Not what you had legally agreed upon, but simply what they wanted you to do for their political gain. And Saudi Arabia wasn't willing to play this game. They weren't willing to do it. Don't make someone else clean up your mess. So now, the exact same Democrats that impeached Donald Trump for quid pro quo with Ukraine on the phone call that they had with Volodymyr Zelensky are now on board with breaking a deal with Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia and OPEC did not clean up their mess for them. Because I want you to understand that this week in France, there were lines at gas stations just like we had here during the Jimmy Carter era lines at gas stations with people fighting, fist fighting, to simply get cans of gas. And the reason that they are in that situation is for the exact same types of energy policies that this administration, that the Biden administration, is enforcing on us right now. 
the same things. So why would we follow a failed lead? Europe has already gone down this path. Why? Why are we following this? Don't be stupid. And the policy is stupid, you guys. It just is, okay? Because anybody that tells you that man's effect on climate change is a settled science is a liar. They are a liar. The people that we are hearing loudest from, from the climate change cult, are the environmentalists, the activists, the politicians, and the bankers, not the scientists. And I'm going to do an entire podcast here. The next full-length podcast, 40 to 60-minute podcast, is going to be relative to climate change and the science behind it. But I will drop this quick factoid before we move on to the next topic here, which is going to be the main topic of the short here. But understand that the Earth has had times in which CO2 levels were thousands of times higher than they are right now, but yet the temperature was much cooler than it is right now. So if CO2 and CO2 emission regulation is the solution and CO2 is the direct correlation to rising temperatures on this planet right now, then how is it that we have had times in the past in which CO2 was dramatically higher than it is right now, but the temperature was much, much cooler? We need to understand that we are not hearing the scientific debate when it comes to climate change. But as stupid as these policies are, they are not as abhorrent and disgusting as what is happening on our border. You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. Oh, but President Biden, it is true. It is. And I know that you don't want the American people to believe that, but it is. It's true. What's happening at the southern border is disgusting, and it is completely solvable, okay? So, as I was reading the Politico article that I shared with you guys in previous podcasts on the hit piece that they did on Bill Malugin called A Deucey at the Border, where Bill Malugin is being attacked because he's simply reporting the truth about what's happening at the border, and the White House is attempting to discredit and attack him through their liberal media outlets to try and frame Bill Malugin as an alarmist, as if the things that he's saying aren't true, as if he's exaggerating in order to tell his own narrative or prove his own point about what's going on at the southern border. But it's simply not the case. What Bill Malugin is reporting is absolutely true. But in that article, I noticed that there were some statistical numbers, some some data that's provided within that article uh, by some pretty commonly referenced uh illegal immigrant data related to crime. That seems hard to believe. It, it seemed hard to believe. It The data showed in this particular study that illegal immigrants are much, much less likely to commit crimes than regular citizens. And that just simply didn't make much sense to me. So I did some digging. I did some digging on this in an attempt to try and search some government numbers to find out what's What's the real truth about what's going on with crime, especially recently here, being committed by illegal immigrants, in particular, violent crime? And I've got some clips I want to play for you of some recent news stories relative to violent and horrific crime being committed by illegal immigrants. Hang with me. The clip's long, but here it is. 
More senseless violence along the Las Vegas Strip left two people dead, another six wounded. Fox 11's Coco McAvoy joins us live again with the update for us. Coco. Good afternoon. Fox News has learned that the suspect is undocumented and has a criminal record in California. Police say the suspect came here just a couple of days ago here to Las Vegas from California. ICE is confirming that Jose Rosales, who's accused of killing Harris County, Texas Corporal Charles Galloway, is in the country illegally when he murdered that officer. The professional criminal has been on the run. He was wanted for another murder in El Salvador. He will appear before a criminal court later on this morning. In front of a judge, Ujoa pleads not guilty to the stabbing death of a man last month. According to his arrest report, witnesses found Ujoa covered in blood in an Arlington neighborhood on October 7th. The report shows Ujoa told a witness he killed Uncle Francisco. Once police took Ujoa into custody, they learned he gave them a fake name and told them he was 17. ICE investigators then determined Ujoa is actually 24 from Honduras and was in the country illegally. Governor DeSantis mentioned in a news conference on Thursday that Ujoa flew on an illegal flight to Jacksonville. These are middle of the night flights. No, no notification to the state or anybody. DHS is rescinding the deportation of an illegal immigrant who killed 19-year-old Adrian Sophia Exum. So the obvious headline here was not about abortion. It was about the crime committed against a child. Who raped a 10-year-old? That was our first question. Nobody seemed interested at all in learning who this person was. Apparently, the rapist was an illegal alien. The Columbus Dispatch is reporting tonight that a 27-year-old called Gershon Fuentes has confessed to raping the 10-year-old child on multiple occasions. Wow, that is completely foul. And I want to tell you that last story there about the 10-year-old girl that got raped in the state of Ohio. Um, first off, the story was initially leaked by the Indiana doctor who performed the abortion on the young girl. The story was framed as that this young girl from Ohio, after the Dobbs decision, had to go to Indiana in order to have the procedure done. And that turned out to not actually be the case. Ohio has exceptions that this situation would have fallen into those categories. So this young girl and her family would have been able to actually have the abortion procedure done in the state of Ohio, which isn't even the most critical piece of the story. Let's be clear. The most critical piece of the story is that a grown man, illegal immigrant, who should not have even been in this country, raped a 10-year-old girl. There is a special, special place in hell for that guy. Yes, a special place in hell for you, you piece of garbage. As to how difficult this story was to find, it was hard, but I was able to find it. And I was able to find dozens of instances of this story from mainstream media outlets, but none of them told the story from the perspective of an illegal immigrant committing the rape. In fact, none of them even mentioned it. All of them used this little girl's rape as an opportunity to push their narrative and their agenda on abortion. A narrative that is a false narrative that they're selling to the American public by telling us that abortion is banned now, when in reality we know that it's just been handed back to the citizens. They say that this is a threat to rights and a threat to democracy, but I don't see how giving an issue back 
to the voters and allowing the voters to vote on an issue is a threat to democracy that actually feels like democracy because the voters actually have a say in it now. Whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, that simple premise alone is true. But as far as the rest of the clips, you guys, it was almost impossible to find clips outside of Fox News organizations, either local or national news affiliates, that were covering stories on illegal immigration and in particular, illegal immigrant violent crimes. If that doesn't tell us how much the media is failing us, I don't know what else does. One of the biggest problems in this country right now is our completely unsecured southern border. A border in which the cartels are getting supremely rich because of human trafficking. In 2018, the cartels were estimated to have made about $500 million on human trafficking through the border. This year, 2022, it's estimated that the cartels have made $13 billion just just this year. That is 26 times higher in a three to four year period. That is an unbelievable increase. And we're not even all the way through the year yet. I, I, I don't know how else to frame this other than total abject failure. Because remember, this is our administration's position on the border. We're here in Texas. I want to ask you about the border. Would you call the border secure? The border is secure. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Joining me now is the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, the border is closed. The border is secure. Oh, well, there you have it, America. I, I guess the border's secure. So I guess we can all go home and quit talking about this, and it's just no big deal. That is fact check false. But the border's not secure. And recently, I heard another appalling statistic and fact about the border that I almost couldn't believe when I heard it. And when I heard it, I ended up having to fact check it myself. And it was very hard to find information, again, outside of Fox News. But I ended up finding an actual CIS government report, a Centers for Immigration Studies report that outlines the deplorable nature of what is going on with unaccompanied minors crossing this border and the handling of those children by the Biden administration. But I want to start this segment, this piece of the border topic by playing you this clip. Again, it's a bit lengthy, but guys, these things are so serious that some of these clips, I can't find a way to cut much out of them because the information within them is so critical for us to know that it really drives the point home. But I'll play the clip and then we'll get into some of the information and statistics and facts and data that I found in the CIS report. Here's the clip from Fox News, Jesse Waters on Jesse Waters Primetime, which airs every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern, in case you wanted to watch the show yourself. Last night, we showed you exclusive video of a plane filled with migrants being left at Orange County Airport in Montgomery, New York. 
No one knew they were coming. The local police were unprepared. Biden was clearly trying to sneak them in. Late Friday evening, police pulled over one of the buses leaving the airport, and the bus was carrying 50 teens from Guatemala and Venezuela. Migrants, mostly teenage girls. Police then boarded the bus to find out what the hell was going on. There is a web of human trafficking in play, sanctioned by the U.S. government with a lot of money changing hands. The group moving these migrants is known as MVM Inc. They're one of several NGOs that contract with the feds to transport unaccompanied migrant kids across the country through the sponsor process. MVM signed a deal with Homeland Security for $136 million last year. So it's our tax dollars that are funding the human trafficking. The Biden administration's already lost 20,000 kids. Lost them. There's no vetting at all. It's like the Afghanistan evacuation process, but worse. Biden's releasing children into the hands of strangers. As the watchdog report discovered, migrant kids are trying to commit suicide to avoid going through this process. We'll go to New York, we'll go to California, we'll go to Washington, and then they'll finish off in Oregon or another state nearby. So it's not just one state. So in a month, I would say around 40,000, 30,000 kids. Biden's moving tens of thousands of children who don't speak any English into dark corners of this country and placing them in the hands of unvetted adults. You make me sick. Yeah, it is disgusting and it makes me sick. And I don't think any of us are surprised to know that Taxpayer dollars are being used to charter private jets to transport illegal immigrants all over this country, including children. We've known this for a while. This isn't a surprise. This is the policy that the Biden administration calls a border policy, and it really is a joke. But I don't know if you noticed or not, but there's a disguised or a distorted voice in that clip, and that is a whistleblower that came forth to talk about the atrocities that are happening with these unaccompanied children that are crossing the border. These are children that are crossing without family, without parents. And it is absolutely astonishing to hear what that whistleblower had to say. I wish I could have played more of it for you guys, but honestly, the part that I played was the most audibly legible piece of all of the whistleblower's commentary because the voice was so distorted that it was hard to pick up even when I watched it on TV. And I was really having a hard time picking it up on the clip recording. But I don't know if you caught the fact that the Biden administration has lost, lost 20,000 children. Okay, here are the statistics that I found from the Centers for Immigration Study. The article, or the report title, is called Biden Administration Lost, Dash, Yes, Lost, Dash, Nearly 20,000 Migrant Children. They don't know what they're doing. They call them UACs. This stands for Unaccompanied Children. Since the Biden administration has been inaugurated, the report says 20 thousand UACs have been lost. Wow, that is staggering and disgusting. CBP, the Center for, or I'm sorry, the Border Patrol, has encountered 147,000 
UACs in 2021. If we put these 147,000 immigrant children into a single school district, this would make that school district the 18th largest school district in the United States of America. Really? Cost of taking care of, transporting, and supporting these unaccompanied children has cost the American taxpayer about $4.6 billion with a B. The influx of unaccompanied children has been so heavy and the surge has continued to grow and grow and grow that the Biden administration was forced to reopen a temporary shelter in Carrizo, Texas, because the administration needed 20,000 beds to try and keep up with the surge of UACs. And mind you, this is 20,000 beds that they're simply using to bring these, these children in, process them, and then transport them to wherever they are going to transport them to, to their sponsors, okay? So they're using a sponsor program, all right? Within that sponsor program, these people are supposed to be vetted, all right? Well, this system has started to fall apart also, as was described in the clip that I played. But we can quantify how bad this has started to fall apart. First, they only were giving unaccompanied children at first to family members, parents, ideally, but family members, family friends, and then we got to this sponsor program, okay? Well, the sponsors have to be vetted. In 2018, the amount of days a sponsor had to be vetted for, which is to have their background searched and checked, was 60 days. In 2020, that number grew to 102 days. In 2021, that number fell to 35 days. And mind you, in 2018 and in 2020, those were 60 and 102 days for a vetted person for to take on a child that was either a family member or a friend of the family. 2021, we are now only using 35 days to vet sponsors. Come again. Now keep in mind, we've talked about the fact that they lost 20,000 children. I think it's highly likely that because of the lack of vetting process and the money changing hands here and the cartels being involved and we're paying private contractors, that I think it's reasonable to think that a good portion of those 20,000 children were probably taken into human trafficking or sex trafficking rings taken in by cartel member sponsors or people related to the cartels because that's how this business seems to be working now. And that is so disgusting. I don't even know what to say about it. But the report goes on. After they had to reopen some of these temporary facilities because they needed beds to process unaccompanied children, there were some complaints coming in about the status and the conditions in these facilities. So these facilities have been questioned for health and safety conditions. There were enough questions raised and enough evidence and proof raised about these, these centers, these UAC centers, that Governor Abbott actually called for one site to be closed because of credible concerns, evidence, and allegations of sexual assault, understaffing, and food and medical supply shortages. 
The Biden administration is using private contractors to staff these UAC facilities. Whistleblowers of these facilities have come forward with complaints saying that these private companies' staff members have no child welfare training or background and have no experience in speaking Spanish, so they can't even communicate with the better part of these unaccompanied children migrants coming through. Wrong is right. You guys, this is one of the more foul and disgusting things I could ever imagine the United States government being a part of, okay? And we have to ask ourselves, why are they, why is, why is this happening? Why are they doing this? Okay, well, this week we got an indication for why is it that they might be doing this? Well, the state of Colorado got caught because there are about 13 to 15 states in the United States of America that will allow illegal immigrants to get a legal driver's license. How the hell that happens, I don't know. That doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. But Colorado got caught because they're one of these states that issue these driver's license to illegal immigrants. They got caught trying to register 30,000 illegal immigrants to vote. What a load of rubbish. Oh, okay. Now we see it. Now we see it. So we, we flood the border with people coming across the border so that the people in charge right now can try to gain favor with them allow them to vote, and then get all of those votes moving forward because apparently they don't think they can earn the votes of us, the American citizens. Is it true? You guys, the deeper I look into this stuff, the more dirt and the more just garbage I find. And I've said before, I am not a Republican. I am not an independent. I am not a Democrat. I am a common sensist. Tell it like it is. Okay. None of this is humane or makes common sense. In fact, many of the things that we are doing are downright stupid or just disgusting. Like, I can't believe that we are involved in human trafficking to the extent of billions of dollars being made on our wide open border that the administration acts like doesn't exist. They don't care. They don't care. And that is horrible. That's crazy town. When did we stop caring about people? Regardless of whether they were American citizens or not, when did we just stop caring about people? Well, I don't think America has. I just think the people in charge have because they have so lost their ways and they are so blinded by power and their great reset. Wild-eyed socialists. That these are the things that are happening. But these are the types of things that happen when we move towards socialism. It's all scary. But guys, I would like to point out that even though I do go after and go in on the Democrats' policies, because they are the party in charge right now, in charge of everything, that I don't go in on Joe Biden for his gaffes and for his misspeaking and for all the crazy, ridiculous blunders and just totally embarrassing and ignorant things that he says, I don't go in on those things, and I don't play those clips. Trust me, I have them. But it's because I'm not trying to go after them personally. I am simply attacking their non-common sense 
destructive policies that are destroying America. And it's scary. It really is scary. And I totally blew the short on this one because I'm sitting somewhere around 42 minutes right now and I'm not even close. But guys, I'd like to thank you so much for listening to me, for all the support, for all the downloads and the listens. I hope that it's helping provide information to people. Remember, you can find us on Facebook at Red, White, and True, or you can visit the website, rwtrue.com, in which you can scroll to the bottom and click the Facebook link, and that'll take you straight to the Facebook page. And you can email us using the Contact Us page on rwtrue.com for any comments, feedback, topic suggestions, or anything like that. Remember, guys, talk about this stuff with your family. Talk about this stuff with your friends. Engage in conversation with people that you don't know that may not agree with you, as long as it's a respectful conversation and nobody gets out of line. Because we have to stop this not being able to listen to the other side. We have to stop this cancel culture, woke nonsense where we've lost the ability to have opposing views from each other and listen to the other side. It's a joke. We cannot continue to move forward like this. China is going to run us over. We will cease to be the United States of America, the world's most foremost power, if we do not get this stuff back under control. But the only way we can get this under control is by seeking the truth, finding the truth, following the facts, and using our votes responsibly to make a decision to put people in power that will change our direction and lead us in the correct direction that we need to be moving in in order to secure our future, our children's future, and the sovereignty of this country, and us as a world power. But guys, I'd like to thank you again for listening. I'd like to thank you for listening to Red, White, and True Podcast. I'm Andrew Britton, your host. And always, always remember, the road to progress is paved in facts. Boom.